two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. It finally happened, Josh. I took the plunge. It's happened. I like not even the plunge. I like got pushed off the cliff of old madness. Oh, okay. Awesome. <sighs> Ath leisure. Like Oh boy. Oh my oh, god. Yes. I've got a pair of Under Armour joggers, man. Yeah. And it was yep. real cold the other day and I put them on to go to the gym. And I kind of like half-assed it at the gym so I didn't get all sweated up and funky. And I just mm-hmm. came home and wore them until like four o'clock. And I'm like, oh my God, what? But I was, I was so yeah, comfortable, buddy. dude. And I'm just mm-hmm. now I'm like on Amazon looking at them. I'm like, oh, these Adidas ones are real nice. I'm like, I should buy it. I'm like this close to buying a tracksuit, like the full like red, three white stripes <laughs> yeah. tracksuit. Adidas, just steering yeah. into it. No, it's okay. So it's, it's amazing that you said that because yeah, my Mrs. Wizard, like same thing. She's like, okay, so I'm like, I'm fully working from home. Uh, and... There is, there there is enough benefit of like having a physical and like sort of sort of like mental shift from like okay I'm in my pajamas I'm getting dressed for work I'm at work now, but I don't want to just like sit at my desk in like uncomfortable jeans all day, and as much as I love just like hanging out in pajama pants like yeah I should probably like do something so she just went in on some joggers for herself that she could like <laughs> kind of dress up and down. And now I'm like, well, maybe I want some joggers too, because yeah, I have my like. In, in fact, I'm wearing them right now. You, you could probably hear. Oh, there you are. Um, yep. Yeah, th- th- those are my like swishy windbreaker kind of warm up pants that I've had. I think I've had these since like high school. Because um, <laughs> like running running outdoor track and field in Colorado, where a uh, snowstorm can come at any minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, these have come in handy. I, I have a pair of sweatpants, uh, too, that I've like lived in the last couple days. But then thinking, too, like, man, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm on record talking about always looking for the silver linings of COVID world. And maybe that's it. Maybe athleisure, like, doing its thing. Um, Shoot, if I get any, like, job applications, I'll show up wearing my joggers. Be like, this is the future. <laughs> this, this is how I will relate to those kids. <laughs> Just, you need to, like, do an audition piece where you, like, drag out a couple hurdles and be like, I'm here oh, to yeah. jump over the red tape of education. Right. And <laughs> vault over to these kids to reach them. <laughs> Give them the job. oh man well okay i guess so okay in addition to like uh probably buying a suit or two in the next month i guess i need to get some joggers too so um, so yeah man that's awesome that's great well and hey if, if if there's anybody who wants to like uh uh get get the latest advice in fashion trends well you're definitely at a place to do that (laughs) And that place is the Two Wizards podcast, where we have the loosest of robes. Uh, so hello, everybody. Welcome. My name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark, and I am very comfortable in my bathrobe and Under Armour jogger combination. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so good. Yeah, it is. It's like, and since I'm not teaching this semester, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think I just, 
I owe it to myself to maybe invest in some nice. Again, like I can I can roll out of my pajama pants into my joggers, and then that counts. That counts as getting dressed for the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy. Well, you know what also counts, Mark, is this delicious beverage that has not let us down in the past. I don't think it's going to let us down in the future. Uh, the thing that we have in our wizard's uh, can, our wizard's aluminum can, I guess, is your friend and mine, Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> yes, P- Two Wizards Podcast, brought to you whether they know it or not, by Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> Which also, right, like last week I was making a big deal about, what was it, like the, uh, what did I say, like the 131st anniversary of winning mm-hmm. the Blue Ribbon. Uh, well, I also just looked up at the top there, and it says, established in Milwaukee, 1844. So this is the 280th anniversary? Is that right? No, 180th, right? 180th. Okay, I was going to say, like, man. If it was, yeah, I was going to say, like, no, wait a sec. PBR isn't older than our country. (laughs) (laughs) It's just as valuable an American tradition as... The Houses of Congress, but, uh, yeah, buddy, <laughs> here we are once again. Week number two, we're going strong. Yeah. Uh, here it is, Anya. Cheers, good buddy. Yep, it's PBR. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Oh, also, boy. also okay. listeners, I'm just going to give you my um, pre- Warning condition. Packers are up 48-16 to 16 against the Dallas Cowboys with eight minutes left in the fourth. This is a playoff game. Um, I'm sure there is no possible way that Dallas can come back through that disparage through eight minutes. However, I'm just going to be distracted just a tiny bit until it's over. But I'm still here, guys. Don't worry. It's kind of like oh, yeah. when your dad is, you know, just watching the road and he turns up the Bruce Springsteen just a little too loud. He's still yeah. he's still in the car with you. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's in his own Hands plane. St- yeah, hands are still on the steering wheel. Um, you know, maybe not at like the most, you know, hundred percent whatever. But yeah, like we're still driving this thing. Um, so yeah, buddy, that's great. <laughs> hands well, aren't ten and two; they're ten and can of PBR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All righty, Mark. So uh, last week we had a lot of fun reading some weird fiction. We did. Um, what do we have in store for this week? Well, I know I keep beating around the bush here and talking all this good bullshit about Sasquatch, and I really thought four parts was going to be enough to, like, round up and wrap it up. Mm. But I realized I already need to write another episode all about, like, Sasquatch Sasquatch in Ohio, which is its own, literally its own thing. Mm. And I sat down, I started it, and I will be honest, I just, I didn't care, man. I am burnt out on Mm. Sasquatch. I can't handle any more Bigfoot. Uh, something stinks in here, and it's my lack of creativity and funness. So I did what I always do when I get writer's block. I took a monster dump, I grabbed a beer, and then I stood in the shower and listened to Dark Side of the Moon in the Dark. And then I realized what I needed was something that was familiar to two wizards, but also to act like a palate cleanser. Oh, okay. Yeah, so tonight we're going to take a page from about a year ago and go down that similar path of men. This topic is complete and total bullshit, Duh. Fuck it. If it works for you, it's real. Who cares? <laughs> oh, yep, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Tonight we're going to talk about crystals, Josh. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. Oh, baby. Because, again, right. Yeah, this is, I, I, I guess, the 
the year in the making follow-up to astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, talking crystals. Oh, baby. Well, and I mean, this is also right up your alley because you are a geomancer. Like, if there's anybody uh, other than, oh, okay, what sort of like variety of wizard would be in a? I mean, like, a geomancer. Crystal? Yeah, like. Well, well, yeah, yeah, but also like just some. I don't know, like. Oh, I see. So, like, what class would? Oh, that's a yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm. but but anyway, I think, but anyway, so it's like I, 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 I am sure that there is a I am sure that there is a nature druid spell, but it's got to be like level nine or ten. I will report back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah, instead of like some like druid, uh, just like lounging under a tree, saying like, "Oh no, this this quartz will really shape you out, man." Like, no, like you just drop your geomancer boulders down and say, "No, this is how this actually works." But also, if it works for you, hey, hey, great. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to start this as we always do. Josh, what do you know about crystals? I know, so, like, on a personal note, yeah. I know that your Mrs. Wizard's wedding ring is made out of tourmaline, which is, in fact, yes. did you know, a magical crystal rock that has its own regenerative properties. I Not just looks super po- pretty. Yeah, I am I am positive that it does. Um, so, so, yes, other than knowing, like, and, 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 I, and I'm... And I'm um, uh, completely satisfied that, that that you will get into like the fineries of this soon. I just know that like depending on how these various minerals, you know, as they're cooked up in the bowels of the earth and then subjected to immense pressure and heat, like just the way that the that the atoms and molecules just kind of like fit together, that's how we get these um, uh, geometric shapes, and that's why they grow in certain ways and. Um, and have different different color compositions and things like that. Um, uh, I am uh, so yeah. I am a I'm an April birthday, and so I, I know that my birthstone is a diamond, mm-hmm. which which compared to some of the others is like yeah okay it's whatever. <laughs> um, I'm like ah oh, cool a diamond. Um, but I uh, yeah. But then I don't. So this is also kind of funny. Uh, okay. You know we we've been hinting. And teasing about the possibility of, of maybe you coming over here uh, at some point, maybe in the near future. Turns out, uh, just down the street from us, there is like, uh, I, I think it's like kind of woo-woo, but also just like a legit like crystal uh, uh, rock store. And it's called Rock Candy. Um, oh, neat. So if if that ever does materi- materialize, you and I can be... Two wizards on foot, and bring our little USB mics with us, and go talk about. Be like, oh yeah, this is a nice uh, tiger's eye or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, and then we'll get kicked out because it's like, hey, you can't film in here. We'll say, you can't tell me what to do. I'm a wizard. <laughs> Throw a smoke bomb, vanish. Um, so yeah, and and then also, I just know kind of colloquially, okay, that. Yeah, they're supposed to have, like you're talking about, some sort of like either like uh, purifying qualities or cleansing, or they soak in the bad juju and they radiate the good juju. Um, people, you know, have like rock salt lamps, mm-hmm. uh, but then just don't, if you have a pet, don't let your pet lick it. Uh, <laughs> um, was it. Get, Gwyneth Paltrow, who would stick things up her orifices and claim health benefits, right? We're, we're going to talk about that a little bit, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Yep. So, yeah, I don't want to spoil that. 
I don't want to spoil that. So that's my kind of very broad strokes. Things that like crystal. I mean, like. Well, no, I'll save that for the end. I'll okay. save that for the end. Okay. I, I don't. I. I don't want to get too. Uh, uh, oh man, I was, I was trying to make a pun on like the Moore's uh, brittleness scale, but I can't come up with anything. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> okay. I don't want to cleave too closely to. <laughs> yeah, you might just leave a streak on this whole podcast. That's a really good uh, geology joke, kids. Um, <laughs> so for our purposes tonight, we're going to split what we're talking about into two camps. Um, a lot like the people that use these, we're going to split them into hot and has a good personality. Mm, okay. Okay. By w- which I mean, there are certain crystals like ameth- amethyst, um, SiO2 or silicon dioxide, beryl, mm. BE3AL2SI6O18. Sorry, that was a long word, but I want to make a point to put out these uh, chemicals now because I'm not doing it again, which is right, a right. beryllium aluminum silicate. Smoky quartz, SiO2, clear quartz, SiO2, citrine, SiO2, tiger's eye, SiO2, and emerald. Can you guess what emerald is, Josh? Uh, uh, hearts, stars, horseshoes, clovers, and blue moons. <laughs> That's Hot right. Beryllium-3, aluminum-2, oxide. Oh. Not unlike oh. <laughs> barrel. That's right, Josh. The green rock is like the other green rock. Um, But also stones like lapis lazuli, feldspar rock, uh, pyrite, which is uh, FES2 or iron disulfide, uh, moonstone, another type of feldspar, or labradorite, which is also feldspar with the calcium impurity, have the ability to either on their own or in conjunction with other crystals or rocks be used as a positive effect on humans and according to some TikTok videos, dogs, cats, and bearded dragons. (laughs) According to Judy Hall's Little Book of Crystals, crystals have a stable and unchanging energy pattern, each with a unique frequency and energy field or resonance that gives them special properties, which let them act like tuning forks, helping to bring harmony to the very unstable energy field of the human body. Mm, Now, this is done by placing certain stones along your body's seven centers or chakras. All right. Not to be confused with the energy system in Naruto. Uh, starting from your bottom, now you're here with your root chakra or your muladhar, uh, which is at the base of your spine or literally in your butthole. Uh, this is said to dictate your sense of security and stability. Your sacral chakra or svadhisthana is located in your swimsuit area, Josh, and controls your sexual but also creative energy and outputs. Your manipura is located in your stomach and controls your confidence and self-esteem. You know, like you got guts, kid. That kind of idea. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anahata controls the heart, which, of course, controls love. Mm-hmm. The throat chakra, Vishuddha, dictates your expression. So, literally, if your throat chakra is, you know, blocked up, Josh, um, let's say that your Mrs. Wizard did something and it upset you and your throat chakra is blocked, you're literally having a hard time voicing, listen, you did this and it upset me, and she'll go, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, next time I'll buy Miracle Whip, not just mayonnaise. but your throat chakra would be you know on the fritz and that's why you can't vocalize um your third eye chakra is located where your third eye would be right between your other eyes also said to center in your pineal gland um this is called the ajna and it controls your instinct but also your intuition and imagination and finally Mm. the crown chakra um on the top of or just a little bit above your head also called the 
Sahasara. It represents your spiritual connection, not only just to you, like your connection to you, Josh, but also you, Josh, to all other things in the universe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which, again, a lot of those seem to make sense. Your heart, your heart chakra is about like love and all that stuff. Your, yeah, your your big belly is just how how confident and courageous you are. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when these chakra are aligned, well, you are in business, buddy. You're all balanced and you don't need to worry. <laughs> but according to Diane Malaspina, PhD, there can be a depletion of energy flow or too much energetic activity in a chakra, and each will manifest into different outcomes. When a chakra is low in energy, you will have difficulty expressing the particular qualities associated with that chakra. When a chakra is overactive, the qualities are a dominant force in the person's life. They have both physical and emotional effects. The first, for example, the first chakra is about security, survival, and our foundation for life. If it is underactive, it can show up as depression or insecurity. If there's too much energy, it can show up as reckless fearlessness with no precaution or hoarding because you do not feel secure in your own life. Hmm. Wait, so, so uh, makes so, sense, so right? Your first, yeah, yeah. Your first chakra was your bum, right? Yep. That was it. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, okay. Let's let's like go with this here. If we like switch over to like the the like humor theory about like blood, phlegm, yellow bile, and black bile. Yeah, that's what they say. Like if you're backed up and you have all this extra black bile, then yeah, you're depressed and mm-hmm. you're 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 melancholic. That's that's literally what that means. Uh, and then you just have a have a good poop, and then you feel a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can be said for it's taking a good poop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cures cures all the move over Xanax. Just just like take a shit and you'll cure cure your, your depression. <laughs> chemical imbalance in the brain, my ass. Oh, got a chemical imbalance in my ass. I ate too much Taco Bell. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. All right. So yes, you, you have these 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 seven areas, and when they're in alignment and harmonious things are great but you know hey we live in the real world and sometimes things just get out of whack yeah um also because we live in the real world um according to healthline when it comes to science there is almost no evidence to support crystal healing all right thank you for joining us my name is mark and i'm a wizard (laughs) find us at a high hammock radio uh (laughs) okay yeah right right. (laughs) (laughs) and sure that's really easy and we're gonna loop around to whether it does or doesn't work a little bit later because quite frankly, I don't care about crystal healing, Josh, because as I went down this, I, well, okay, so what started out as me trying to bail on Bigfoot, episodes four and five, turned into me reading more than I really wanted to and learning more than I really wanted to. So I'm going to do my damnedest to pin down where this idea that crystals are powerful, where it all came from. And like all white people magic with a K, it boils down to a melting pot of ideas that I'm going to try my best to separate But it goes back to about one million years ago when the first upright ape looked down the ground and said, holy shit, that rock is cool, and we launched into the Stone Age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We humans realized that rocks were literally magic. Hit one rock with another rock, and oh my god, it makes fire. Hit another rock with another rock, and the edge breaks away, and wow, I cut myself. I bet I can cut other shit with this, and oh my god, here's tools, and here's hand axes. And you get to a point where, like, you like a rock so much that even you, as a weird, barely sentient monkey man, 
starts carrying around different types of rocks because you think they're cool. And, uh, yeah, flash forward hundreds of thousands of years... And we're still monkey men who get super excited about rocks. Listeners, go check out our Standing Stone episodes and just discover, <laughs> like, how for how long humans have gotten, like, crazy about rocks and owning rocks and carrying them around. I mean, mm-hmm. even just, like, I'm, I'm sure... So, yes, Mark, you also, like, have a particular uh, affinity for geology and things. But every single one of us as a kid on the playground, walking on the streets, you know, in a park or something... Be like, hey, that's kind of a neat rock, and you pick it up and you put it in, in your pocket. It's it's all it's like close to like eating grilled meat. That's the other like human universal. <laughs> it's like that's a neat rock. I want that. <laughs> Super. Yeah, like it, it really is like just those certain little things. Everybody everywhere has picked up a rock and gone. Damn, that's really cool. That's a sweet rock. I got to keep this and show my buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I went to Greece, I was like, I'm picking up that rock and bringing it back to Mark. I'm picking up that rock, bring it back to Mark. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, you you brought me back. I have rocks that you brought me sitting on my bookshelf. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I am 900% sure the one you brought me from, I want to say Nath Pleo, is a fossil. I'm just afraid to bust uh. into it. I'm, oh, it looks, man. it's a, I swear to God, it's a node, Josh. It's got a band. I swear to God, it's a node, but I'm so afraid to break into it. Yeah, um, it does have a band. Yep. It's, it's got a band, <laughs> dude. That's, oh my God, it's got a band. Um, around 7,500 years ago, we began practicing picking up cool rocks and took it to its most extreme. Um, when humans started be, uh, mining lapis lazuli in Afghanistan in the Badakhan region, uh, and then up mm. or down into the Indus Valley. So even before we were civilized, we were mining. It's fucking nuts. Um, and then finally, yeah. like our first settlers, you know, got that sweet plus one food, plus one production from tiles mm. and named the country Samaria. But we don't have to take my word from it, Josh. Let's read an echo from the past. We migrated to where we are living now thousands of years ago, but they were unable to write down from where because they did not know how to write then. Later on, inquisitive scribes and archivists in the royal palace studied the, oral, the orally transmitted information in an attempt to find out about the past. Our people came to this land from a mountainous country to the northeast, but it is also said that some of them had come via sea from a land called Dilmun in the east. And the reason behind this migration is said to be the onset of an unexplained drought in their warm and rainy country. Great Enlil had had some of us darkheads settle here. According to rumors and the results of my research as to why we have called ourselves darkheads, I found out that before our forefathers migrated here, blonde-haired and blue-eyed people were living next to their country. I cannot visualize a person with blonde hair and blue, not, blue eyes, and I don't think it would be nice. I have not seen any person like that in my country. Now, I bring that up because uh, Sumerian pottery and jewelry and uh, imagery is super famous for having people with blue lapis lazuli eyes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's yeah, super it, cool. Also, you can page down in your notes there and see some of those super sweet blue yeah. eyes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think, um, uh, yeah, like if, if also, if I'm not mistaken, like some of the like e- Egyptian pharaohs, like decorative um, funeral mask stuff. It, like, yeah, it, it was the gold, but then like the blue uh, kind of bands and some of the headdresses. Uh, that is also lapis lazuli, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, King Tut's headdress is. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. 
Yeah. Um, so the Sumerians were super about it. Um, they highly valued uh, lapis lazuli and serpentine and said, damn, those are super sweet rocks. And they started adding them as jewelry and beadwork. And again, mm. with the statues and the eyes. Okay, and so here's where we split and go. My name is Mark, and I tried to corroborate my sources. Um, everywhere you read says that humans using crystals in whatever started with the Sumerians using it in their magical ritual. Now, I couldn't find it. And granted, my only source on trying to find it deeper was using that um, uh, Babylonian medicine book. Oh, right, right. That you used back in our ancient medicine. I went and bought a copy, too. And there is some magical incantation there, but there's no mention of any putting crystals into anything at all. And honestly, I think it's one of those things that people just take the past and, hey, man, this is 4,000 years ago. No one's going to say no. Yeah. Yeah, I, that that could very well be the case. Yep. But the point is, people still liked them, even if it wasn't really magical ritual. I found a lot about, like, gross rituals and, like, how to cure, you know the flux, but none of them said stick a chunk of uh, serpentine up your ass. I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) but it was also going to be really cool because I was going to make you wheel over to your bookshelf, pull out the ancient Babylon book and then read the passage with the inscription on it. But whatever, I guess we can reach Uh across time another day. Um, Also, these two stones became associated with their goddess of love, Inanna Um, in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lapis Lazuli became associated with the goddess of truth named Mott, and her priestesses started wearing lapis stones with her image graven on it. They weren't. This wasn't the first time, but this was one of the big ones, especially with Lapis Lazuli. Or, what did you call it? Lazuli? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've heard Lazuli. I don't know. Sorry. Lazuli. No. Ever since you said that, now I'm like self-conscious. I'm like, am I saying it wrong? Am I Alex making <laughs> it? Um, they weren't the first ones to do this. Everybody did this. There was gods with, you know, the inscriptions on them and so forth, but Matt seems to be a really popular one. Okay. Eventually, eventually these talismans were first carried by the priestesses and used to treat eye conditions, digestion, skin problems, headaches, and depression. But as time went on and everybody found that they were depressed because they just finished the third fucking pyramid and had nothing else to do on a Saturday night. Well, it was easier to just go get a Matt amulet and bring it home. Like drugstores for religious iconography is kind of what we're thinking about here. Um, In ancient Egypt, Malachite was used to aid in childbirth, promote general health, and repel evil intentions because it was a sacred stone to Horus, the the son of Osiris, who used Malachite to protect himself during his weird time in the desert before he was allowed to be king of the gods. Hmm. Uh, Citrine represented the hawk-headed Ra, who was said to hold the sun's energy. Ra represented the sun. And so wearing a chunk of citrine was said to literally give you ancient Egyptian wings. (laughs) 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 Clear quartz back then, just as now, was believed to balance the body's energies, contain spirits, and then use those vibrations to control weather, protect the wearer from danger, assist in divination. This is where we get our idea from crystal seeing balls. The wizard peering into his orb is an Egyptian idea Mm -hmm. of peering into clear quartz. Tiger's eye was prized in Egypt, but also in China where both cultures said that it represented truth because of the gold band running through it. Gold is always truthful somehow. And therefore it represented truth and kingship. And then around 5,000 jade and or nephrite, which is now thought to be tied to the heart chakra, came to China about... in around 6,000 BCE, where it was used to make early religious fetishes and items. And then later, as China became China, it became used to promote health, but especially promote health in the kidneys. That's where we get the term nephrite from. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, the whole time I have heard your head exploding, Josh, I can hear like you grinding your teeth and going, Mark, what about, what about the Greeks, Josh? What does the word crystal come from? Uh, I, w- I would imagine the Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's write it. it. comes from their word for ice, crystallos. Mm. Yes, yes. Um, they maintained this crystal love, but they added a couple of their own special to our pretty pantheon here. Uh, the chief of these was Amethyst, whose name uh, Amethystos comes from A, meaning, what does A mean, Josh? Well, uh, A is often the um, alpha uh, privative, which means like it negates whatever follows. Yeah, so like ahistorical, atonal. Um, so yeah, so whatever the next word, methist, it means not that thing. Yeah, and, and in this contest, it would be metho, to drink. So literally, not drunk. And yeah. amethyst split into two camps, where number one, if you drank out of an amethyst goblet, it could cure you of any poison. But what is our favorite poison when we're Greek? That's white. That's right. Wine. So amethyst goblets became all the bridge. You pour amethyst, or you pour wine into an amethyst goblet, you're not going to get a hangover in the morning. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cuz well cuz it's also this lovely like purple and yeah, wine is also purple ipso facto. Mhm. Uh behold Plato, I'm drinking and not getting drunk, says Diogenes. <laughs> <laughs> uh the Greeks were also super into sapphires. Uh they said that they rep- or they associated them with wisdom. And in a society that literally spent its entire time patting itself on the back for how smart it was, sapphires were really up there in, you know, the top ranking stones. Yeah, not only would you, like, have, like, drinkware, um, but say you f- say you forgot your amethyst uh, uh, cup at home, and you partied too hard, and you were hungover the next day, you would either get either, um, like, a little, like, tiara, like, diadem thing that had an amethyst stone in it, and wear that, or, or maybe sometimes a necklace. The idea being that the purple drink would, like, migrate to the purple stone and, like, help cure oh, your hangover faster. I yeah. see. Okay, so, like, transitive property. Okay, okay. Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. Okay, but, yeah, okay, so then, yeah, amethyst, sapphire, what else? Awesome. No, that's awesome. I lo- Please, interject anytime you got one of those. That's great. Oh, yeah. Um. So it might sound like I'm kind of ignoring India. I am. I don't like talking about... I really felt bad, you know, problem with Bigfoot culture. Um, I'm just co-opting yeah. indigenous methodologies, whatever. But, like, Indian crystal stuff is different than, like, mm. it's just a separate kind of, it's Chinese mythology to, like, astrology in Western, like, circles. It's it's cosmo-astrology versus, you know, 10,000 years of tradition. And this is really boiling down. Um, finally, we end out where we typically do, and that's with the Romans, who looked at this rich collection of, like, stone veneration across its entire empire and goes, oh, this is mine. Yeah, yeah, this is mine now. (laughs) (laughs) But they did add one super important aspect. Most of them will make you horny. Oh, yeah, that's also very Roman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They also added a second part here, but to talk about it, I need to go back in time, kind of like to the dawn of, you know, well, not civilization, but quite a while back. According to the book of Exodus, the Israelites had a method of communicating with their God, not just through elaborate portable barbecue pits, but also through super elaborate gaudy jewelry. Mm, okay. They had a thing called the breastplate of Aaron, which was said to be worn by the high priest of the Israelites. And Josh, if you would go ahead and take the passage from Exodus 28. Yes, of course. Exodus 28. 
And the curious girdle of the ephod, which is upon it, shall be of the same, according to the work thereof, even of gold, of blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twined linen. And thou shalt take two onyx stones, and grave on them the names of the children of Israel. Uh, thou shalt make them to be set in uh, ouches, ouches of gold? Yeah, I, I don't know what that is. I don't know. Ouches? I think it's supposed ouches? to be couches of gold. I think it's supposed to be... Oh. It might not have copied right. Okay, no, fair enough. All right, anyway. And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. And thou shalt make ouches of gold and two chains of pure gold at the ends of uh, wreathen work shalt thou make them and fasten the wreathen chains to the ouches. <laughs> just imagining. Like... Also, just injecting, um, it is an old English word denoting cavities or sockets in which gems were set. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. For and it is also used um, in the context of Exodus 28, verse 11. So <laughs> you not knowing that an ouch was a thing is totally reasonable. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it is. I guess it is. Uh, which is also like a couch. And thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work. After the work of the ephod, uh, that thou shalt make it of gold, of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine twined linen, thou shalt thou make it. Four square it shall be being doubled, a span shall be the length thereof, and a span shall be the breadth thereof. And thou shalt set it in settings of stone, even four rows of stone. The stones. The first row shall be a sardius, a topaz, and a carbuncle. This shall be the first row. And the second row shall be an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row, a ligure, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a barrel, and an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold in their enclosings. And the stones shall be with the names of the children of Israel, twelve, according to their names, like the engravings of a signet. Every one with his name shall they be, according to the twelve tribes. Right, are you, are you picking up a theme here, Josh? Twelve tribes, twelve stones? Yeah, it's all yeah. well, and I even kind of said this at the beginning, too. Also something that there is twelve of... Uh, months in a year. <laughs> could, that, could those be related in some way? <laughs> could. Could. Among these 12 stones, Josh, however, because I don't want to lose the forest through the rocks or something, mm -hmm. um, are the <laughs> mystical seeing stones, Urim and Thunum. Maybe your oh, ex-Valley yes. ears perked up when you heard those, because Joseph Smith would go on to rediscover those so stones and use them to peer into a hat to write his new gospel of Jesus Christ. Dum 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 dum. Yep, right. R yep. Reading off the golden plates. Yeah, yep. there's um. Oh man. Okay, I'll have to try and find this too. There was another brief podcast I heard probably like a year and a half ago now. Um, but yeah, it was like talking about like Mormon seeing stones and somebody using using them as late as like I want to say the like 1950s or 60s something like that. I'll see if I can't find that and I'll send that your way. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah, super super do. cool. Yeah. I also need to uh, interject in here, uh, final score, Green Bay Packers, 48, Dallas Cowboys, 32. We're going on, baby, go Pack, go! Let's go! Oh, oh okay, I'm sorry. Ooh, <laughs> listeners, I am so, I am so goddamn happy. <laughs> um, I'm not making fun of religion, please don't think I am, but I wanted to point this out because this 
you know, breastplate of Aaron was super important to the early Israelites. Uh, and it was one of these things that carried on. And like we said, 12, to- 12 stones, 12 chief gods in the Rome pantheon, 12 months. Yeah. It kind of gets dicey there when we swap to the Julian, whatever, shut up. Um, but this <laughs> is where the idea of birthstones first came about. And they were set down by Josephus mm. in the first century. So that's right, Josh. Fucking birthstones are so old and such bullshit that it literally goes back to the, like, the good Roman Empire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's awesome. And I know that you know that I went and picked all this up. So, future Mark, cue up that we fit music and break out our our farmer's almanacs to talk about some birthstones. Also, these are American stones. They change per region. Oh. So, starting in January with Garnet, but sometimes it's Carbuncle. Um, it keeps the wearer safe during travel. Uh, February is Amethyst. Strengthens personal relationships and gives the wearer courage. March Aquamarine uh, cures heart, liver, stomach ailments and is preferred stone of sailors because it is thought to be valued by Neptune because it looks like the ocean. But also, sidebar conversation... You're goddamn right. Sailors have a stone that cures their liver and their stomachs. <laughs> Not just oh, Imodium AD. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next up, as I mentioned all the way back at the beginning, uh, April Diamond, probably white topaz originally, called Vajara by the Indians who valued it, believing it to be captured lightning. Uh, May, emerald, associated with Cleopatra because it was her favorite stone. It is also therefore associated with love, beauty, and the goddess Venus, who now represents wisdom, personal growth, and patience. And I think that's a weird heel shift there from... Maybe not. I guess Cleopatra was like a boss bitch in her own right, but still. True. Yeah, that's also true. But yeah, let's also not, you know, like Venus, as in wisdom, personal growth, and patience. Yeah, I I don't think that's her. Uh, also, I guess related, June, Pearl, said to be Aphrodite's tears. They ironically represent purity. I think in more ways than one, are they ironically? <laughs> that was me editorializing just a bit. Um, yeah, just a bit. Just yeah, a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> uh, July, Ruby, or sometimes Carbuncle, sometimes, protect the wearer from evil, embody love and passion, but not originality. Again, me being a saucy bitch. <laughs> August Peridot uh, protected the the wearer from nightmares. September, Sapphire. This was also likely Lapis Lazuli originally, but over time it was switched with the Precious Stone because Precious Stones are more expensive than rock that you can fucking find everywhere. Mm, yeah. Again, remember, this is the American one. The American version. Yes. Right, right, right. Yes. Uh, October is Opal, which repels evil and protects eyesight. And I also see a note that you wrote in here. I get shafted again. <laughs> uh, but Mark, you also... Well, I'll, I'll just <laughs> Sorry, you I read just that totally last put part. my note in that. Yeah, I guess I'll just no, read no, it. No, okay. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no. Yeah, I have dug out a shitload of Opal. I've got Fire Opal that I found that looks like a gummy bear. It's super cool. It's literally... Oh, that's awesome. It is a clear I think, no, yeah, little... I've, I've seen that You've one. seen my gummy bear that I found? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I found it in New Mexico. But yeah, listeners, it is... Look at fire opals. They are badass. Yeah, f- fire opals are great. Um, well, and also, right, so we mentioned that my Mrs. Wizard's um, engagement ring is tourmaline, which is also sometimes an uh, October stone. Um, but originally, I bought her an opal ring because I proposed on her birthday, which was in uh, October. And... Uh, 
I mean, clearly she said yes. But also, we, we were like, okay, yeah, this is very pretty, but Opal is, yes, very brittle. So we mm -hmm. wanted to get something a little uh, a little more robust. Um, so yeah, that's what we went with. Tourmaline, which is also like that, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it's you now? For sure, I'll just take November is Topaz. Okay, it sure. symbolizes love, affection that I spelled wrong, and increases strength and intellect. And finally, December is turquoise, which represents fortune and uh, success. Uh, it relaxes the mind uh, and are sold out the ass in most stores in Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona, where local white people lore holds that it was sacred to multiple tribes in the region. Uh, now wear it because it looks cool. <laughs> Again, me editorializing and being kind of shitty here. <laughs> but um, So those, th that is yeah. your birthstone. Again, they kind of change over. There is some... Mm -hmm. Again, uh, like white topaz for you and the diamond um, lapis lazuli yeah. against sapphire. There is some changeover, but the idea was that these stones were just something that coincided with your birth. And so you wearing a diamond or a white topaz amulet would give you good luck and good fortune. I should be carrying around opals. I don't, but I should be because that is the month of my birth. And, you know, they just, it's yeah. that little, it does, you don't need to have it, but it's that little magical boost in the ancient world that just kind of peps you up just a tiny bit more. Right. You're already right, doing right. all this other shit. Where a yeah. fucking opal. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, um, well, but, but also like for you specifically, like, like you found this very, this very awesome fire opal and it, I mean, it's it's awesome in its own right, and it means that much more to you because it's it's also your birthstone too. Mm -hmm. So, I don't uh, I don't think I have any like actual diamond. Um, I'm, I may have a zirconium around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shoot, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to. Maybe I'll have to do that thing. Um, yeah. Try and find. Oh, okay, actually, this this might be kind of interesting. I, I'd be curious to hear your take on this because sure. Yeah, uh, I don't know if this is also going to be uh, later on, but especially with diamonds, there's a lot of times uh, some very heated discussions about the ethics of like, well, how are these being harvested? Who is selling them and for what purposes? Like there's that whole movie, Blood Diamond, that, you know, hey, is like an action-packed two hours. Like, yeah, this is, this is tough. And so a lot of people are... are you know, kind of talking about like making like synthetic or like lab grown diamonds that are indistinguishable. You like take them to a to a, a jeweler and can't and, and, and he or she can't tell them apart from like a quote unquote natural one. What's mm -hmm. your stance on the artificial man made diamond? Like, are you for it? Are you like, I mean, it's whatever. Are you anti? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't directly um, address it, but I do kind of round about it. Um, number oh, one, okay. sustainability is important. Number two, stop raping Congo for its precious earth, metals, and minerals. Goddamn, guys, it's yeah. 2024. Mm -hmm. It's not cool anymore. Um, but yeah. then also, like, no, dude, if it's fake, who cares? Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, really, like, the only people that are heated because it's not a real diamond are the assholes from De Beers who yeah. have enough yeah, fucking exactly. money. Like The De Beers company, yep. Yep, yep, yep. But you know what, too, like, and this is kind of going to be, it's kind of funny, like, my overall thesis for that is, like, if you think it works, then it works. Right. If, <laughs> if your jeweler, jeweler can't tell the difference, then it works. If your Mrs. Wizard can't tell the difference, but you didn't go broke buying it, then it super works. Mm -hmm. So, by all means, reach for the stars, kids. Well, I guess, uh, uh, yeah, then maybe that's something I'll, I'll have to look into more. Like or, some, or, or be a fun. fucking badass like Josh and get your, like, potential future... Mrs. or Mr. Wizard 
an engagement ring with their birthstone, and then like, God, that was J- Josh. I gotta like applaud you, man. That is class. Oh. Like, <laughs> well, no, it was. It, it just all again. It just all kind of my my chakras aligned perfectly for that <laughs> for that one. We'll just we'll, we'll keep it at that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that's great. No, guys, it's always you know don't break the bank, but also remember what you make is more important. I got a buddy that panned gold. He went up to oh, outside yeah. of uh, Sawatch and panned enough gold to make his engagement ring for his wife. Hell yeah. That's awesome. That's sweet. It is, but also, fuck you, dude. You're really setting that bar high. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah Who among us can compete? Bad. I don't know how to yeah. pan for goddamn gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I'm recording to you? Um, so I'd ask if you had an update to your Wizards Cup. But and I can there hear you just opened a wizard's can. So There it is, yep. <laughs> man, this is... <laughs> man, you want to talk about just some, you know, like... Uh, what was it, like, the tuning fork? <laughs> it's like, no, it's like a tuning yes. fork. Just like hearing that, that can pop. It's like, all right. I'm, I, am, I, am, I am humming along with the universe, having some delicious Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers, good buddy. Oh boy. Okay, so yes, birthstones are great. Yep, birthstones. Uh, uh, uh lab-grown diamonds. Okay, I, I. But I will say this though: I would much prefer a lab-grown diamond over lab-grown protein. Like, I don't know if we're quite there yet. Like, if I want a hamburger, I'll actually have a hamburger. <laughs> um, but everything else, right? If, if it works for you, awesome. That's yeah. that's the important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glossing over a lot here. Um, about 1,500 years when I talk about a dude named Camillus Leonardus who wrote Speculum Lapides in 1520. And then it was republished in 1720 in English. Um, this was the first ever, like, this was the first coming together, the, the, the first catalog of knowledge, Josh. This was the big mm-hmm. one, you know? Mm-hmm. This was our big, like, correlating of all the contents of all human knowledge. Um, it talked about the best stones or the best crystals and where to get them and how to find them and how to procure them and where they come from. And some bangers that I got here, um, uh, Aspitellin, which is now what we call a uh, turquoise is found in the nest of Arabian birds. It cures, uh, spleen problems, um, being bound to the spleen with the dung of the camel. Cause sometimes you can find it in camel shit. Apparently that's where the Arabian <laughs> birds find it from. <laughs> oh man um a bezoar all agree that it obtains the first place in remedies against poisons for a dram if taken entirely expels the poison whatever it be and hence for its excellence everything that frees the body from any ailment is called the bezoar of that ailment they are found as a mass Trapped in the gastrointestinal system. So, Josh, what a bezoar is, is a wad of hair. Oh. Okay. These are real things that exist. Um, Harry Potter fans know that you can get it out of the stomach of a goat and it'll cure basilisk, basilisk poison. Hmm. Yeah. Um, in 2008, a man hit, or a man pulled over to cut open the stomach of a porcupine to find a bezoar, and instead he found a little baby porcupine. Oh. <laughs> bezoars exist or they don't i mean they do exist they're gross um the most common type is called a trichobezoar and literally it is chunks of hair that you have eaten 
somehow they get bound up in your stomach and they don't dissolve in the acid and they just like form a they make a pearl in your stomach. It's oh a hair my pearl. God. Oh, They're fucking man. disgusting. And now and now consider that a bezoar will cure any poison or ailment. So how many fucking people were cutting open goats and porcupines and cats to find best? And guys, let me tell you, it is a bad time to be a cat in the 1500s. Yeah. Because come to find out, your stomach makes most magical stones. And if you can't make them in your stomach, they're also in your head. Um, God, yeah. Things Mm -hmm. called calorites, which are now called chlorites. I don't know what this is. But magicians report that it is to be taken out of the belly of a bird from Scylla. If it is bound with iron, it makes one powerful in magic art. So, Josh, find me where Scylla is, and we'll find this damn bird, and we will become powerful. (laughs) Okay, awesome. (laughs) Draconites, Dendrites, or Draconius, now known as Obsidian. Oh, okay. It is brought from the east, where there are great dragons. For it is taken out of the head of the dragon, cut off while the beast is yet breathing. It loses virtue if it remains in the head any time after the death of the dragon. Some bold fellows in those eastern parts search out the dens of the dragons. Um, if these... Sorry. Oh, God. PBR burp. Whew. I'm oh, a dragon. Yeah. Oh, good lord. I'm sorry, Josh. That's there okay. it is. <laughs> Fuck. I had a whole fucking three-barrel meat lovers for lunch. Oh, now I'm nice. Just, I'm verklempt. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I'm sorry. That's gross. Oh my god, it's so gross. Okay, here we go. Sorry. Um, they search out the dens of these dragons, and in these, in the dew grass, mixed with medicam, sorry, medicaments, which the dragons will return to the den, eat, and then are thrown into a sleep, in a condition where their heads are cut off, and the extraction of the stone happens. It's gross. Mm. It's real gross. But mm. we talk yeah, about the dragons, and there seems to be a real theme about. These rare stones being inside the heads of animals. China, and we cut off their heads so you can have this, this cool is, oh, little man, rock. That's weird. That's super, super weird. I also want to give a shout out to Aztecs. They associated obsidian with their deity, Pezcatlipoca, whose name translates to the smoking mirror. He was a god of wisdom and his power, and he used his powers to give humans premonition and revelation. And the true wizard, uh, John D., had one of these Aztec scrying mirrors. And he used it in his magic to talk to oh, angels man, and ask them that's... the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Okay, hold on, hold on. So, sorry. Okay, so What's so up? I yeah. had to no, look up good. Bezoar because you're talking about it, and yeah, gnarly, gnarly stuff. And then I see this link also on Wikipedia uh, about a toadstone. What you got? The toadstone, also known as bufonite, from Latin bufo, toad, is a mythical stone or gem that was thought to be found in the head of a toad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come to find out most animals have rocks in their heads. This is weird. Okay, it was supposed to be an antidote to poison, uh, and in this it is like batrachite, which is the Greek word for frog, uh, supposedly formed in the heads of frogs. Toadstones were actually the button-like fossilized teeth of... Uh, Sheenstia, an extinct genus of ray-finned fish from the Jurassic and Cretaceous periods. So these dudes were finding fossilized yeah. fish fish teeth. Thought they were toadstones from toad's heads. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, Josh, remember the Chinese thought that fucking Gigantopithecus teeth were dragon's teeth. There's no accounting yeah, for I fucking suppose. mineral harvesting, man. Uh, according to Paul Taylor from the London National History Museum, like... 
tongue stones, so apparently there's tongue stones also. Toadstones were considered to be antidotes for poison and were also used in the treatment of epilepsy. As early as the 14th century, people began to adorn jewelry with toadstones for their magical abilities. In their folklore, a toadstone was required to be removed from an old toad while the creature was still alive, mm -hmm. as instructed by the 17th century naturalist Edward Topsell. Could be done by setting the toad on a piece of red <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, all right. Just You have a stone on your head. You have a stone on your head. Okay, okay, all right. Anyway, sorry. Well, it might not be just in the head. Okay. Yeah, there's a thing called a uh, lincurious, which we now know as uh, tourmaline. And I bet when you bought your Mrs. Wizard her tourmaline ring, you didn't know that uh, tourmaline was actually formed out of the urine of the lynx that was hardened by time. <laughs> okay, well, so to be fair, tourmaline can get kind of like a yellowish sort of thing. Hers is green. Hers is green. Um, but, uh, oh God, people, <laughs> the virtue of it to assuage the pain of the stomach, to cure jaundice, to stop flux and is good for the King's evil. Read that as gout. Oh, right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Really weird. If you think about what gout is and you think about what crystals in the P are. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> finally, um, my last uh, favorite stone here, um, Voltaurus. I bet you can't guess what bird Voltaurus comes oh, out of huh, Josh. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> That's right. We now know it as vulture stone, which I cannot find a link to vulture stone anywhere, so I have no clue what this is. Okay. There is there is a vulture stone in Gobleki Tepe, but that's not what we're talking about here. You get it from a vulture whose head has suddenly been cut off. It is found in the brain. Um, it gives health to those who carry it. If fills a woman's breasts with milk and it gives success to those who petition for favors now i had a really weird thought here when we talked about giant birds about a year and a half ago back in october 23 mm -hmm. or 22 jesus christ vultures and condors can do a thing called a urohydresis where they shit and piss all over their legs and reabsorb it right and i took a super gross parallel between that and just filling up the breasts with milk Anyway, also Duff McKagan and uh, <laughs> fucking Axl Rose <laughs> lactation <laughs> porno, which we're still going to read. <laughs> um, jumping forward to more modern times, um, there's this cat named Edgar Casey, And Edgar Casey is a mixed bag who you and I should really do an episode on because mm. to say that he's a fraud shortchanges the type of human that he is because he seems to... S okay. Josh, if you had a power you could not explain, okay, and you use that to profit, you are not a bad person. You are no different than Jordan Love, who uses his amazing body to profit and win the Green Bay Packers their first game in the season to playoff, right? So, Edgar Casey using his power for personal gain, I can't fault him on, and also he had kind of a hard time doing it because this man did have some type of something. But all this is to say that at some point he managed to, he was the first person to say that he had created a psychic link with the lost continent of Atlantis. Which existed now, hidden, yeah. mm -hmm. because it couldn't exist, but he could also speak simultaneously through the past to the Atlanteans. So, I don't really know, Dead Cthulhu Wade Streaming kind of thing, maybe, but the Atlanteans told him of their great crystal, or the... Tuawi stone. I think I said that right. T-A-U-A-O-I. 
the let's use every vowel stone. It's huge, it's clear, it's cylindrical, it was a chunk of crystal, and it was used to both concentrate incoming rays of cosmic energy, and then redirect those out to different parts of the Atlantean continent. Um, this crystal gathered solar, lunar, stellar, atmospheric, and natural Earth energies that we now know as like electromagnetism and gravity, as well as all the unknown elemental forces and concentrate them to power the society. Right? Okay, so people smoke some weed, call it good. Casey, yes, ended this, kept saying so, and said through astral projections, he identified multiple crystals that also powered the city and also helped everyday Atl Atlantean life and also tapped into the Atlantean crystal grid system, but also three stones in particular that now, thanks to continental shift, we are able to mine out of Brazil and Kentucky. Hooray! Oh, wow. Josh, hey. you, that's right, you, Josh, can own your very own Lemurian. You remember Lemuria? Oh, Josh, the lost continent of <laughs> lemurs? Well, guess what? They also had some super cool fucking stones, and okay. you can get Lemurian seed crystals. That's, they come in like a nice light pink, and we mine them out of Brazil, probably unsustainably. You can buy them for about as cheap as a buck forty-nine, which is what clear quartz crystals should run you. Or, mm -hmm. or there's a gem seller online whose name I'm not going to point out, but you can take look at pictures on the drive who are selling Atlantean crystals for eight hundred twenty-five dollars that are about eight inches long, so about a hundred and five bucks an inch. By the way. These are clear quartz crystals, and there's a disclaimer on their site saying, well, you can't prove that metaphysical shit is real or not real, so fuck you, honey. It's gross. <laughs> and herein lies my rub with crystals in that, like, goddamn dog, you don't provide a source for your quote-unquote Lemurian crystals, but we can all see that it's smoky quartz and it's bullshit. And you yeah. bilking people out of money is very, very wrong. Um... But more back to Atlantis, you can see this represented most accurately in the 2001 Disney classic, Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Mm -hmm. That's right. Literally, the entire civilization is powered by crystals. It's got Leonard Nimoy and Michael J. Fox. It holds up. The girl's still hot. I watched it the other day. Yeah. Um. So here we are. We have crystals in context out the ass. I think there's some serpentine up my butthole still. <laughs> But back at the ranch, so we're going to loop back around here, and now that we have all this context, we get to talk about, well, does any of this work? Uh, mm -hmm. Earlier I mentioned the chakra network, and we're going to expound a little bit about that, and we're just going to yes-and a little bit and say that white people are really good at adopting things all together and mashing shit. You keep what works, and you throw away what doesn't. And again, this is yep. off crystallinks.com, maybe the widest people, the widest <laughs> white people website to exist. Most cultures have the idea of an energy. It's key. It's chi. It's the soul. It's the spirit. It's prana. It's whatever you want to call it. We all have it. There is a difference between living and dead body and all things, right? Mm -hmm. The general thought is that this energy runs through your body and over your body in pressure points slash like the chakra points, the main chakra points, but also pressure. So through like yogic breathing, you can increase like energy to some of these chakra points. Like, like look at yogic breathing and like meditation, like you can watch a person like fluctuate like where the blood is flowing in their body or like look at Shaolin monks who like use yogic breathing to, you know, get kicked in the ball super hard and not flinch. Right, right. It, it's a thing that exists. It's quantifiable. We can see it now from time to time. Um, you and I, because we're not Shaolin monks who don't practice yogic breathing and I just still have the serpentine in my butthole. Well, yep. these 
pet, these points will become locked. Um, when a point becomes blocked, you take a crystal that resonates with the same frequency. And as it resonates, when you put it on the point, it reharmonizes the flow. Okay. Cool. Crystals have energy. Cool, Josh. Um, there was a form of crystal therapy created about 100 years ago in Japan by a therapist named Mataji Kawakami. He called it Reiki. And he used crystals as like an energy scalpel to make micro corrections in the flow of the people that he treated with it. I'm not here to say whether or not it's bullshit. Science is here to say whether or not it's bullshit, Josh. <laughs> because in all of human history, there is very, very little science. But to quote Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber, one in a million chance still means that there's a chance. Now, why do crystals have power, Josh? Well, we're getting around to it. I know I've been talking a lot. But in 1880... Uh, which you might remember as, like, this really cool dawning of the new scientific age and also the height of spiritualism and snake oil in both America and Europe, there were two French brothers named Jacques and Pierre Curie. Yeah, those Curies. Um, mm. They discovered that certain materials will generate and hold an alternating current of electricity when enough mechanical pressure is applied. The, they found, they tested a bunch of different substances and found that the best material to hold this charge was something called Rochelle salt, which I guess was used as a laxative and the creation of mirrors. Horrifying. I just think about shiny, shiny poops. Um, tourmaline. Topaz. All three of these could hold a charge pretty well, but the best thing to hold one of these charges was quartz crystal. SiO2. Mm. Silicon dioxide. The thing that makes up all these things. That is to say that if you rub a crystal hard enough, it will create and hold positive energy, and in some cases can redistribute that energy. But it also created this thing called piezoelectricity. And piezoelectricity matters to you, Josh, because as you talk into your microphone, there's a crystal in there that absorbs the sound of right. your voice yeah. and redirects that energy out. So it's a very real thing. Crystals are very, very cool in their own right. Like, they do have their own kind of magic. They do store an energy. They do hold a vibration, right? Um, you can also see this effect in old record players where uh, rubies and sapphires were used to read cylinders and vinyl. Right, yeah, because that's, I mean, I, yeah, that's right. Like, I'm, I'm remembering some of my, like, stagecraft theater class days that, yeah, like, crystals are in our microphones. Uh, a lot of the theater lights, they don't have, yep. like... Yeah, like the it's not a bulb, it's not a light bulb because it burns too bright. So yeah, like those those uh, envelopes are quartz. Um, uh-huh. In Fallout Four, you harvest crystals to build various things. <laughs> so, you build the laser. You, you use yeah, crystals lasers. to direct lasers because right. they can absorb and then redirect the energy. Crystals are cooler in their own right, but yeah, like they are, they're super cool. But especially right now in the eighteen hundred hundreds with this piezoelectricity crystals became even cooler right yeah like because you could do this thing now electricity up until now we didn't quite we were we were so close to getting it we just hadn't built the two privateer ships to get the eureka for electricity like ben franklin had done his kite gig luigi galvani proved like using dead frogs that you could like the the nervous system was a thing and electricity conducted throughout it like he helped us understand like how muscles work, like the electric charge. It's crazy. Just super you cool. shock dead frogs and it's how you understand like mm-hmm. fucking ATP transfer. We also got like Mary Shelley and Frankenstein using it as, you know, literally her magic to reanimate a corpse. Yeah. 
in 19 or in 1875 a dude named edward bulward lighton dropped a super sweet sci-fi epic called vril or the coming race and it talked about a subterranean society of supermen called the vril ya who were driven un, who were contemporaries of atlantis but instead of dying in the great flood were driven underground mm. and they were masters of a mysterious power called vril josh if you would be so kind these subterranean philosophers assert that by one operation of Vril, which Faraday would perhaps call a, a atmospheric magnetism, they can influence the variation of temperature, in plain words, the weather. That by operations akin to those ascribed to mesmerism, electrobiology, odic force, etc., but applied scientifically through Vril conductors, they can exercise influence over minds and bodies, animals, and vegetable to an extent not surpassed in the romances of our mystics. To such agencies, they give the common name of Vril. So, Vril is just electricity, but they mm. don't understand it. And I think it's... <laughs> they talk about electrobiology, you know? Right, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. But so in here we get we get this idea and the coming race was the best seller for the day and it kind of helped like spark this further love of electricity. A little later on, Nikola Tesla would be do we would be doing cool shit with electricity with his, you know, Tesla coil. But Victorian culture was weirdly obsessed with electricity, Josh. Um Yeah. Mm -hmm. It turned into this thing called the theory of vitalism. Yeah. Which equated that your living force, which was also your soul, so it wrapped around a Christianity, could be linked to electricity. And using electricity and magnetic devices would restore and revitalize your body's natural electricity, which was a good thing. You wanted more electricity mm. in your body. But too much was yeah. a bad thing because, you know, we all saw that man get shocked for the first time in 1850. Yeah. <laughs> vitality was so crucial. The idea of this vitality was so crucial that people started passing current through the food they fed their livestock to improve egg and milk production. <laughs> hey, Bessie's come up a little short again this week. Will Delmer give her another zap? <laughs> no, no. They electrocuted the food because they thought electrocuting the food would then pass the good electricity into the cow pat. Like, it's even dumber than you're saying, Josh, because electrocuting a cow is kind of reasonable. No, no, they're electrocuting the thing the cow eats. <laughs> oh, my God. Ah. We Which, again, were you literal... know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, so, like, again, we're, we're laughing, and in hindsight, rightly so. But this was, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I think it's a lot of ways what we're seeing right now with uh, the use of AI, you know, like here's this new right. technology, here's this new thing. Everyone's like, that can get their hands on it is trying this in all sorts of different applications and all sorts of ethical questions are coming up. But damn it, this is how we learn. We have to say like, all right, I have this thing. How far can I push it? And hopefully not. Um, engender some kind of apocalyptic event. Um, so yeah, let's electrocute everything and see what happens. <laughs> Crystal all the yeah. things. <laughs> Just do it. Just see what happens. <laughs> we were buzzing about electricity. Hey. Wink, wink, wink. And frankly, we were just dumb and didn't know any better. But there's... Okay, so, like, also remember, this is around the same time that, you know, 
doctors made a noted decrease in patient death when they started washing their hands in between yeah. patients. Right. Or just, you know, in between taking a shit or mm-hmm. eating a sandwich, yeah. which they also didn't wash their hands before they did. Of course, we eventually abandoned the idea of vitalism, but we held on to the idea that, like, crystals were cool because they were a big part of it. And thanks to the piezoelectricity, we now had more tenuous straws to grasp at. But you can hold the straw in your hand, Josh. It's this crystal straw that holds energy. And thanks to reading The Coming Race, I get excited for it. Hooray. But at the top of the episode, I was rattling off the popular healing crystals, quote-unquote, and... I mentioned SiO2 a lot, silicon dioxide. It's literally, it's sand. It's sand that gets Mm -hmm. really hot and changes its shape. And then little impurities in the sand make it a different color. Like magnesium is is blue, or no, magnesium is like red, phosphorus is green. Like little things like this. But so my point here is, yeah, they're all the same thing, but is but is it a coincidence that they're all the same thing and the same things are the things that work most well? Does that make sense? So, like, mm-hmm. amethyst is the same thing as tiger's eye, right? But they both do different things, but they both work more effectively than, you know, say a bezoar, which is hard to get made of hair and kind of fucking gross. Amethyst yes. will cure your poison. Bezoars won't. So the idea being that all these crystals are the same thing, well, it doesn't matter. The idea is that it works because they're the same. This is where we also get weird. There's also the idea of crystal resonance. Like we were talking about before, I speak into my microphone, it picks up that and holds the energy inside, and then it comes back out, right? Mm -hmm. Holding Mm -hmm. the energy, why does that energy not be used to retune us? Uh, A common practice for using crystals to heal is by placing placing any crystal in the sun. The sun thereby recharges it. Bullshit, says everybody. But I, when I was a earth wizard, we would take core samples and we hope to God there was quartz in there because you can determine the last time quartz was exposed to sunlight based off the latent solar energy in it. So quartz will oh hold... Oh my God. Oh, that's amazing. And see, this is where my head hurts because we know it's bullshit, right? But quartz will hold solar radiation for undetermined... It will still hold it until it is exposed again. Then it kind of like stops the clock in it. Like, or, you know, it doesn't stop the clock. But like, Uh if you expose it again, it overexposes the film because the film isn't developed. But you can look at the film before it's developed and go, yeah, this quartz was last exposed 12,000 years ago. It's so, so there's a thing. There's a little bit of a thing here. Yeah. There's a huge, well, or even like, or even like, um, yeah, like, like, like making polarized lenses. Where, you know, like, right. you, yeah, you can like, you, you can cut a quartz in half vertically and then like it's visible, you know, it's, it's translucent. You can see through it. You take one of those pieces, rotate it 90 degrees and it turns opaque because it's like right. filtering out crystals, man. <laughs> How do they work? How Remember, do they work? Stone, Stonehenge is a lar- largely quartzic lithic that can hum and vibrate if you hit it fucking hard enough. Like a tuning fork. <laughs> Just people like a tuning people fork. People will pour will you'll 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 take a crystal goblet and fill it up with varying amounts of water and then wet your finger and rub it around the rim and then that's how you make music. How does this Right. What is this? Right? You see? You see, Josh? Crystal magic is men, it's fake as shit. Duh, fuck you, it's Duh, real and works something, for me. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> Obviously, crystals are magic. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Now, 
Duh, it works, but it doesn't because, again, to quote Healthline, there is zero scientific right. evidence to show yeah. that any of this is real. But that's not to say that studies haven't been done. Um, oh, yeah. In the 1960s, there was a study of 80 people who were given quote-unquote treatments with both real and fake crystals. Now, six of the 80 said that nothing happened. But the other 74 reported feeling something regardless of the crystal and its authenticity. So now wrapping around back to your authentic diamond point, does it matter if the crystal is real or we assume the crystal is there real and thereby that's what makes the magic work? The placebo effect is still an effect. The placebo effect is still an observable effect in humans that makes them better. And quite frankly, to quote John Milton, through Satan, the mind is its own place and can make a heaven out of a hell or hell out of a heaven. God damn it, Josh Crystal's work. And who the fuck cares? If me carrying around a chunk of fool's gold, pyrite, pyrite will protect you from being swindled. If I go buy a new couch and have my chunk of pyrite in my pocket and I get a good deal on the couch at American Furniture because I'm not paying the fucking delivery charge, Josh, who the hell cares? Because it worked. Now, the point here is don't be a dickhead. Mm -hmm. Like, so, okay, where did you get that chunk of fool's gold, Mark? Where did you get that sweet-ass fire opal? Well, I'll never tell because you'll go look for him too. But the point is I did it sustainably. You find a cool crystal. You pick it up. You put it in your pocket. That is your new magical item. Neat. I love it. That's great. Or you're like the assholes who charge $825 for a chunk of fucking clear quartz crystal. Mmm. Shame. Shame. Yeah. Because you're just using your shit to fucking con people, and I hate it. And, again, look at where things come from. Like, you know, there is rampant unchecked crystal. Like, the amethyst harvest in Brazil is not sustainable. It is not healthy. It is bad for the fucking environment. All in the name of goddamn purple rocks. Nobody cares. Also, look at the Congo. We are still just destroying it with our mining operations. And quite frankly, they're not safe at all. Like, kill the planet, but at least keep your people safe, man. Like, you got enough money. We also, though, <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm. you don't care about, you know, the rare earth metals in your cell phone. So I was just going right, to say, too, I was, you know, I was, I was, I was, <laughs> so right, crystals can. So, you know, you can look the other way or they can feel your aunt's weird hobby. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Right. I, I, I mean, right. I, I my, 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 my mind is, is a, is a blur of crystals and resonances. And I, I was, I was just looking at, um, so yeah, I, I just found, uh, Okay, this is uh, emrindustry.com. September 2nd, 2021. Five ways crystals are already used in technology. One, microprocessors. Two, um, LCD displays. Mark, what does the C in LCD stand for? Crystal. It's a liquid crystal display. So (laughs) if you're looking at your little sports watch or whatever... Uh, in commu- three, in communication lines. Four, in solar cells. You know, we're making this whole thing about like, ah, oh, we got to uh, get off of fossil fuels, man. It's like, well, yes, and we need crystals to make these photovoltaic panels. But still, like, as you've been saying time and again and rightly, like still sustainably and like ethically, um, ultrasound m- m- machines uh, feature transducers that have crystal components. That's... Okay. Well. Okay. Yeah. And the, here's here's also like a very obvious one. I I, I don't know if you were getting it. If if this was on, this was also too. Um. You know, because right, we're talking about like crystals and their health benefits or not or whatever. 
I can absolutely, I, I can tell you right now, there's 100% a crystal that has uh, profound health benefits. In moderation, okay. of, of course. And that is NACL, our common Do table salt. You mean common table salt, Josh? Common table what? salt. What? That is that's a thing. And it doesn't have to right? be it doesn't have to be pink Himalayan salt. It doesn't have to be uh sea salt. But yeah, so like for those of you who this entire episode have been scoffing like, oh, these dudes just want to stick things up there. No. I stick table salt into my mouth and it keeps me alive. <laughs> it, it it helps my neurons talk to each other. Um <laughs> Yeah, and and, like, and, and salt and, is the most magical crystal of all. Really, it is. yeah, like literally, yeah. When you have a sore throat, fuck gargle. electrolytes, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, get your electrolytes. If you have a sore throat, gargle with salt water. You'll feel better. Um, if you have a wound, rinse it out with a saline solution. And uh, so, like, yes, crystals. Yes, crystals. Yeah. N not yes to all of the things, because clearly there are some things that. They can't do, but also, yes, crystals. <laughs> well, so this will be our 180th episode. Number one, we have destroyed oh, wow. that number of you only make it past eight. Most podcasts don't. Well, wait, hold on, hold on, it, wait, did. wait, wait, wait. This is our hundred and this is our hundred and eightieth episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark, I just started by saying this is the hundred eightieth year that PBR has, has been has been on the face <laughs> of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Anyway. <laughs> I know, I know. As you it's, were saying. Josh? Yeah. The the the, the stars are aligning. Uh the crystal is in the are seventh humming? house. No. They're <laughs> they're, dude, it's happening. They're humming. <laughs> they're vibrating, humming, resonating. Yeah. Um a couple years ago my brother gave me a thing called an Indian tear. It's like a thirteen sided chunk of obsidian rock, but like I don't know why they call them Indian tears, but like it forms in this one pattern just in this one, like, you know, whatever. And that's the, yeah, that's what they call this kind of rock. Okay. Point is this one single chunk of obsidian has sat on my desk, has mm. been present for 180 recordings of two wizards. Now, do I think that this stone is magic? Well, yeah, of course I do because I wouldn't have brought it up if I didn't, but do I think that, you know, there's anything real in the stone? No, I just know that it is magic. And that's the point. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. If it works for you, then do it. But yeah. just like, you know, with astrology, don't become an asshole about it. Don't let it dictate your life. Um, and, you know, once again, just got to shout out that seventh satanic rule of Earth. Acknowledge the power of magic if you have employed it successfully to obtain your desires. If you deny the power of magic after having called upon it with success, you will lose all you've obtained. So you bet your ass this little fucking obsidian crystal is going to sit on my desk until we hit fucking episode 360 of Two Wizards. However, later, man. Yeah. Crystals are oh, real. Yeah, they dude. work. They don't work. It's all fake. But, yeah. Josh, here we are, man. Like, yeah. but they Nothing's also real. There's no evidence. But there's tons of anecdotal. It works for me. It works for you. And, oh, well, you know, they've been recording a podcast. So thanks, crystals. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. For right. The thing that we're doing, like, the the... I mean, I, I, I don't know if USB mics have crystals, but I'm going to say that they do because that's the technology that we've... The, the, the satellites that bounce things around, I'm sure there are crystals in there. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> this, it's, it's, yeah, it, it is like that thing. Like, much like with astrology, 
as, as, as we talked about around this time last year, like we're doing with, with, with crystals, there's some things where it's like, all right, man, if that floats your boat, if that powers your Atlantean civilization, go, go for it. Um, and we can also point to some 100% real world, hey, this is a thing that quartz captures solar radiation and... Oh man! Ooh. Because even though it's a thousand percent bullshit, Josh, quartz holds solar radiation yeah, quartz... until season. Like, <laughs> like what is that? It, what? that what it traps that? it. Okay, okay, okay. I took core samples, and we dated them to eighteen thousand years ago. So that means that that quartz crystal last saw the sun eighteen thousand years ago, and now eighteen thousand years ago later. It got to show us. That, does that like it held the same fucking energy? Right? In it, and we, it told us that it held that, Josh. Like, yeah, fuck just, crystals. How do they work? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I just so 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 yeah, man. I I I in some of my key takeaways now are okay. Yeah, lump it. Uh, I, I got a birthday coming up in April. Maybe it is time I pull the trigger and like find. Find the diamond that like means something for me, um, and, and do that. Um, I guess I can stroll on down to that. Yeah, that store just at the end of my street, Rock Candy, and say like, "All right, I'm committed now. Like, send me all of your finest <laughs> crystals yeah. and things, um, and and gemstones and stuff." And I, it, because it, it's also just neat, like. Like this, right. this, this shared document that that you had me read read from and had some notes and stuff. Like you start off with like just two two pages of these like beautiful illustra- these beautiful photographs of mm, yeah. amethyst and and beryl and smoky quartz and yeah they're just I just think they're neat. <laughs> and that's and, and again it all just kind of boils down to that like such a human condition of mm-hmm. man that's a really cool rock. Yeah, this is a cool ass rock, and I—I I mean, I was also gonna—if—if th- if I really wanted to push it, I was also gonna say something like, you know, how many, how many other just like minerals and things you, you, for people who might scoff at some of the medicinal uses, but like, how many like minerals actual ha- actually have medicinal uh, uh, properties to them? You know, like. Lithium as a treatment for like de- right. de- 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 depression and stuff. Um, when you have an upset tummy and you pop some Tums or you get some Pepto Bismol or some milk of magnesium, uh, yeah, yeah, that's all. That's th- that's all that too. And uh, what, what's Pepto? It's a uh, uh, bismuth. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Yeah, bismuth. Right. Exactly. Bismuth is a super cool looking mineral. Yeah, like yeah, it is. It is, and it's. Uh, it's it's something that and I think this is probably like our seventh men duh uh, construction here uh, like men it's something that we 100% take for granted you know like like so much of our world of, of, of our 21st century world like operates with just the assumption that like okay yeah we have like readily available cheap high quality crystals to power our technology to to power our our diets or, or whatever, uh, there's that. Duh, yeah. There's 
people like Gwyneth Paltrow, like just stop putting jade in your vagina. Just stop. I don't care if it's an egg. I'm sure it feels good, but just don't. Just stop, Gwyneth. You're ruining it for the rest of us. <laughs> hey, hey, you reminded me. Thank you, uh, listeners. Look, I was on Tumblr in 2013. I was I was there in the, during the Crystal Wars. Yeah. Um, don't fucking stick it in your pussy if it came out of the earth, just as a general... Don't put it in yeah, your body right. if it came out of the earth. Th- that's a great... Uh, most minerals are at least toxic, if not radioactive, and or both. Um, malachite is toxic. Um, cobalt is super toxic. Right. Um, just don't do it, you guys. And if you do, well, make sure it's clear SiO2, quartz crystal, and for Christ's sake, wash it. Because, yeah. you know... Either, you know, it's dirty or the quartz is a living, breathing thing that has its own memory and doesn't need to smell your fucking body. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. On it. Also, listeners, send us pictures of you sticking <laughs> things into you because I, I guess I'm kind of curious. I've got a couple Thunder Egg Earth Ginas I guess I can show you guys so we'll, we can trade, you know. We can show, we can show me your quartz dicks. I want to see that. Show me your rock hard boner crystals i derailed this josh no that's get okay out of here. i'm sorry well, well well we can play this message now and then i don't know maybe in the magic of editing we can play this earlier on in the episode we are we are two humble wizards do not come do not do not seek this podcast for medical advice i remember saying this for our ancient medicine oh, yeah. episode so yeah don't 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 do that but then also yes uh, get your electrolytes because it's what plants crave um, but uh, but Mark, thank you for this episode. This is, this is a ton of fun. I think this is right up both of our alleys. Um, and, and and yes, another another well another man. This PBR is it's, it's kind of how is PBR stronger than us? What the fuck? It's, yeah, PBR, exactly. it's PBR, Josh. Like it shouldn't it shouldn't be. But I guess I guess I'm gonna have to find an amethyst and just wear that around uh, tomorrow. But um, uh, but but yes, thank you, Mark. Thank you, listeners. We love to hear. We love to hear from you. So, like, what are some cool rocks that you found? Do you go out rock hounding? Um, did you have the little, like, rock polisher tumbler uh, playset when you were a kid? Um, what's your birthstone? I don't know. If you actually, like, send us an email and your information, shoot, maybe we'll, like, pitch in and send you a little uh, garnet or something. I don't know. But we always love hearing from you. Tell uh, you what. Tell you what. If okay, you yeah. write in... Mm-hmm. You write in, you show me that your birthstone is garnet. I've got nar- garnets that I have personally mined myself. You show oh, me man. this shit is real. Here I will we go. F- blessed by a wizard. Free yeah. of charge. Here we are. All I ask is a five-star review. Like Perfect. I think that's I think that's awesome. And man, what a great way to bring in 2021. And you can tell people, hey, you see this stone? You know where I got this stone? The Two Wizards Podcast. And you can check them out. Um, uh, on on uh, Twitter, Two Wizards Pod C One. You can send them an email, uh, uh, Two Wizards Podcast at gmail.com. So like, send us your, you know, and like cover up the imp- the other important information, but send us something in that that, that shows that you're a, a garnet. Boom, there you go. Uh, we, we 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 got you covered. Uh, you can find us, yeah, on Twitter, like I said. Uh, we're active on Facebook and Instagram. We're also over on Blue Sky under the High Hammock Radio handle, highhammockradio.bluesky. Um, mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter, uh, uh, at Plaid Barbarian. I don't have nearly the rock collection that Mark does, but I'll, I'll take a picture of what I have, and I'll post it on my Twitter page. Um, uh, uh, Mark, what are, what are some other things we got here that, that might interest our listening audience? Well, number one, I'm a cheeky boy, and I want 
picks four picks. I'm not showing you my rocks unless you show me your rocks. You know, P for P, Fair baby. Yep, Let's yep. go back to the days of 2010. Let's do this. Yep. Sex me your rocks. I want to see you. I really do. I fucking love rocks. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Hell yeah. Um, don't read that as so sexual. Read it as I like rocks. Uh, find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. That's where you can show me some of those rocks. Or, or go over to the Dangle Podcast, a weekly retrospective rewatch of Mike Judge's adult animation classic, King of the Hill, where me and our buddy Johnny take two episodes and discuss them. Or, 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 find me on I Can't Wait to Show My Kids, a weekly cinematic review podcast where me and my buddy Brad fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge and discuss when can I show this thing that was so crucial to me to my kids. Right now we are dead smack in the middle of a John Carpenter run. Um, Josh, times are good. We just watched The Fog. It's so great. Everything is great. It's a good time to be a wizard. It's a good time to go find crystals. Guys, go out. Find a crystal. Find a chunk of rock. The first thing you do, lick it. If it tastes salty, guess what? You found rock salt. Congratulations. If it's not salty, well, that's crystal. That's quartz. Good for you. SIO2. You did it. Now you, too, can commune with the Atlanteans. Well done, guys. And it didn't cost you $845. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for making this a part of your day. Um, I hope you guys stuck around to this part where I say I wasn't making fun of anybody, but I can also say that um, my name is Mark, and I am a wizard. And my name is Josh, and I am a wizard. Thank you, as always, for joining us, and uh, tune in next week for another brand new Two Wizards podcast episode. Take care, everybody. I bet we make a bunch of sententious points. (laughs) 